Tennis Never Stops. Tennis Never Stops. The beauty of tennis is that all year round, or for at least 10-ish months, it's non-stop tennis. Tennis never stops, but unfortunately the safe space did. I know after the Australian Open I said I'd stick around, but I didn't. I lied to you. I'm sorry. But here we are. Here I am. And here is the safe space, the return of the safe the return of the safe space for the French Open. Hopefully, not only for the French Open, but also uh, what comes afterwards. After the French Open, which will be the end of the clay season, it's straight into grass season. And it's a pretty busy European summer. Exciting times ahead. So, once again, this is the safe space. And we have a lot to talk about. We have a lot to talk about. I've, I believe we last spoke, me and you. Our last meeting was the Aussie Open, right? So we have a lot to talk about, a lot to cover since, I guess, Feb? Feb, March, Feb, March, April, and most of May. So like four months, pretty much, uh, of tennis we need to talk about. A lot we need to talk about. I believe the French Open main draw ceremony will take place either uh, Thursday, tomorrow, the 24th, or... Uh, on Friday the 25th. Am I lying? Is tomorrow even Thursday? Okay, I believe... <laughs> okay, let's... Uh, let me rephrase that. I believe that the... Main draw ceremony for the French Open will either be on Thursday... The 25th, or Friday the 26th. Tomorrow is Wednesday the 24th, right? Yeah, got that, right. Okay, so, wow, just to recap, so, we're going to be spending a lot of time, as we usually do, looking at the draw once that's released, and hopefully it's a f complete draw, including uh, uh, qualifiers uh, who are placed into the draw, I believe there's going to be s 64, 32, I believe there's going to be 16 of them, um, and those uh, qualifiers are taking place right now, and... Uh, it's always an exciting time, uh, the the Grand Slam qualies, uh, three rounds, it's a lot of fun, and, and, you know, you sort of let go, like, all the top players are off, and it's, like, just a bunch of players ranked, like, 100 and higher, uh, which is pretty fun, it's always um, an exciting time, and then, you know, as you progress through the tournament, the quality of the players and the quality of play overall gets higher, but... Um, we're through already the first round of qualies, which were, uh, today, Tuesday, and Monday, yesterday, um, and honestly, some, some decent matches, some, like, decent performances, obviously, the level isn't super high, um, but it's always competitive, obviously, most of these girls are lower-ranked players who don't usually get the chance to play many, um, main tour events, and even if they do, it's, uh, very rare, and not so often, and obviously nothing is as sort of prestigious than a Grand Slam. I want to talk about two things first that have, I feel like are relevant and important to discuss and, and to talk about. 
Um, but also, it's just been on my mind for a while, and I, and I really would like to share. I feel like it's something that um, a lot of people need to hear. It's something I think you should hear, and just something to consider. Okay. Um, so two things, and then uh, what we'll do afterwards is that we're just going to look at the entire calendar so far and just talk about what happened, sort of like a recap, uh, you know, some analysis. Of course, I'll make some comments here and there. I'll give my thoughts, uh, and we'll look at that, and then we'll look at um, the second round of the French Open qualities uh, for the women, which is uh, going to be taking place uh, tomorrow and the day after, so... Wednesday and Thursday. Um, yeah, okay, so let's do it. So the first thing that I would like to talk to you about is question everything. What does that mean? What does that mean, question everything? And honestly, this... Man, I'm, I'm, so, inspira I'm so wise and inspirational. Honestly, half of the shit I say, maybe even more than half... It can be applied to everyday life. It's not even about tennis. It's not even exclusively about tennis or sports or or, or gambling or, or sports betting. or, or, or It's just uh, something you can apply to your daily life, your everyday life. To the real world, if you like. But question everything. What does that mean, safe? What does that mean, question everything? Let me tell you what that means. So if you guys remember... Um, Tony Nadal, what he said on the Netflix special, on the documentary that was released on Netflix uh, called Breakpoint. It was released literally the day before the Aussie Open started. So, like, I think Jan, uh, January 16th of this year. Um, and I think, like, episode four was, like, the the Clay or, like, the, the, the Roland Garros episode or whatever. And a lot of it was on Tony Nadal, Rafa Nadal, and, of course... Uh, uh, Tony Nadal's player, Felix Auger-Aliassime. Now, if you remember, and even last year, or whenever Tony Nadal hooked up with Felix, which I think was, uh, I think from this, like, French, like, from this summer, it would have been, like, two years ago. So, 2021 summer, I believe, is when they uh, sort of got together, and Tony Nadal, who is, by the way, Rafa Nadal's uncle, and... Uh, one of the players who coached Nadal when he was really young, who sort of uh, put him onto tennis, and who Nadal, uh, Rafa Nadal, credits most of his success, um, uh, success in tennis. He he attributes that to what he learned with Tony Nadal when he was growing up. So in this episode, Tony Nadal talks about how he thinks Felix is that guy. And how he says Tony Nadal, how, how Tony Nadal says that Felix one day he's going to be that guy. He's going to, you know, compete for world number one. He's going to be in the mix to win Grand Slams, not just one, but a lot of them. He's going to win Grand Slams in his future. He said that about Felix Ogialiasi. And two years ago, or whenever it was, when they first hooked up, it sort of uh came as a surprise because tony nadal like pretty much his entire life he's been uh associated with rafa and the rafa nadal academy and that just whole brand or family or whatever um so him sort of teaming up with 
uh, Felix Ogeliasim was a bit of like a whoa, you know, like a sort of like a mini shockwave through uh, the tennis world. It's like, wow, Tony Nadal is sort of left Rafa and like the Rafa bubble. And now he's we like with a whole nother player on the tour. And Nadal is like still playing. You know, and obviously there's all this stuff that came up when, oh, well, when Rafa plays Felix, like what's going to happen? I'm not even I'm not even going to talk about that. Like that's sort of irrelevant to what I'm talking about here. But anyway, let me continue. So Tony Nadal, as I was saying, when he first hooked up with him, whenever it was two, two years ago, two summers ago, he said that he he really sees something special in Felix. And that's why he decided to work with him. He's he, he believes that. Uh, Felix has a lot of potential and he really really sees something in him and which is why he was delighted uh, to, to work with him to help him sort of see it through and become this ultimate player that's one day gonna you know be world number one and compete for many many grand slams in the future now why why am I saying all this remember this is uh, this one of, this sort of segment right here is called question everything and here's here's what I have to say about that. So just sort of, you know, keep in mind what I just said, but just sort of, you know, put it to the side for one second. And, and now I'm, me, safe, I'm going to say something, okay? I think Felix Ogeliasim is a garbage player who will never, ever be in the mix for world number one. He will never, ever, ever be a true contender or or come anywhere close, anywhere close to winning a slam. Not, not now, not tomorrow, not in the future. Look, and before you quote me on this, the only way Felix Ogier-Aliassime is in the mix for a Grand Slam title is if a lot of people die or retire. Huh? Just, just remember I said that. And if a lot of people don't die, or, you know, if like 80% of the tour doesn't suddenly just drop dead or retire from tennis, then there is no way he's going to win a slam. And I, I stand by this. The only way he's going to win a slam is if Titipas, Zverev, Carlitos, if all these people, like, fucking get ran over by a bus twice and die that is the only way yannick all these people bro, all these people even fucking diego schwartz all these people drop dead and die that is the only way felix will come anywhere close to winning a slap now that's what i have to say now like a sort of like a third party another person could come up to me uh some some sort of troll or maybe casual or just someone incompetent who's a tennis fan on twitter will come up to me and say well you know what safe i have something to tell you i'm like all right let's hear it and then you say well you know what safe what the f who the fuck are you to make this assessment when tony nadal thinks he's gonna be uh he sees something special in him like i think i'm gonna trust tony nadal on this one okay here we go that's that's very very good now let me respond let me respond to you that this is what i mean question everything i understand i understand that tony nadal is an exceptional uh, fucking historic coach 
he sort of brought up and bred one of the greatest athletes, not even tennis players, athletes of all time, Rafa Nadal, no doubt, no question. Tremendous job. And what he has to say surely means more than one than what safe has to say for no doubt there's no doubt about that but and this is a huge but this is the biggest but that doesn't mean he's right about this it does just because he said so doesn't mean that he's right i mean okay okay who the fuck am i who the fuck is he you know, like, okay, okay, I, I understand, right? He's Tony Nadal, Tony fucking Nadal. I get, I get that. Who the fuck am I? I'm totally with you. I get that too. I, I ignore what I, don't listen to what I have to say. But why do you just take what Tony Nadal has to say and just rock with it? Why? Sure, it's a qualified opinion. It's uh, he's someone who's probably more well versed and 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 well informed than me and you combined. Probably, yeah, I'm not disputing that. But that doesn't mean he's right, though. You know, and like, look at the end of the day, like I, I and I think a lot of people struggle with this. Like me and you are like just fans who, you know, sit on the couch, turn on our TV, and watch these matches. And these people are like superstars. They're they're mega athletes. They're they're superior than you know. You know they're 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 so fucking good at what they do. They're like the the top zero point zero 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 one percent at their sport and what they do. But they're they are human beings just like me and you. Like really, in that regard, nothing separates us. And just like how. Everyone in the world knows that I can be wrong. So could, so could fucking Tony Nadal, right? I mean, what? <laughs> like, why? Why? Like, I mean, like, okay, even like referees in a sport, line judges, whatever. Like, sure, like whoever you think is the best NBA referee is. Okay, maybe there are none. That's a bad example. Okay, whoever is like the best soccer referee or or chair or tennis like chair like um, like tennis umpire in the chair whoever the best like they're gonna make this like whoever like whoever you are whatever you do all human beings sometimes make mistakes sometimes they're wrong i mean they'll be right about a lot of things a lot of the time they'll be right or correct or more accurate than a lot of people, 99% of the time. But that doesn't mean that they're gonna get it. They're gonna get it spot on every single fucking time, right? And like Tony Nadal, like his, like everything he he could have, like let's say Tony Nadal, everything he's done so far in his career was perfect, spot on, and it probably has been. And everything he'll do from this point also, from this point forward, also in his career will be perfect and spot on. But I'm telling you that he's so dead wrong about this Felix Ojeda-Aliassime thing. And look, I'm not, I'm not saying listen to me. That's not what I'm saying. It, like, I'm not telling you to listen to me or that I know what I'm saying. That's that is not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm telling you. I'm telling you to just to question what he's saying. You know what I mean? Like, take you you yourself. Like, don't, mama, I'm not telling you listen to me. 
I'm not telling you to listen to him. I'm telling you to listen to yourself. You, uh, as a, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure. You, as a competent human being, you question it yourself. Question everything. If a fucking janky ass commentator on the tennis channel tells you this and this and this, sure, listen to what he has, what he or she has to say. But then, sort of question it yourself. Like, just think about it. Take a step back. Think about it again. And then you be the judge. Think about. It. I mean, just you have a look. You know, look at the evidence. Go to maybe go for a walk. Think about it again. Go to sleep. Wake up and then think about it a third time. That that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying listen to me. I'm not saying listen to uh, Tony Nadal or fucking John McEnroe or Pam Pam whoever the fuck on Tennis Channel. Um, you know, you listen to yourself. Question everything. Especially in tennis, because I mean, there there is no correct answer. I guess. I mean, maybe. I'm not gonna be right about a lot of things, but I just and this is now just speculation, of course. But I just really have a feeling that I'm gonna be spot the fuck on on this Felix thing. Like, I promise you, I'm not going anywhere. I will be here with you on Twitter for however long I'm alive or, or whatever, unless something seriously bad happens to me. But I promise you, Felix will never be world number one or never win a slam. I'm here for the next 20 years. Let's see, 25 years. I'm If I'm alive, I'm here. You, we'll, I'll, you'll see. We'll see. We'll all see. But, like, even then... Don't listen to me. I don't know anything. That's fair. Just don't take what Tony Nadal has to say and just swallow it. I mean, if you will, then sure. Good. Like, whatever. All right. Like, at least I tried, right? But if you question everything, when someone tells you Iga Shvantec is the best player in the world, just, just, you know, think about it. Do what I suggested. Go for a walk. Think about it again. And then go to bed. Wake up in the morning. Think about it a third time. Just because Tony Nadal said so doesn't mean it's true. Right? And just because whoever, whoever thinks something, it, it doesn't mean that they're right. You know what I'm saying? And 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 it may, be, it may seem like... Uh, sort of pointless uh, like for me to say this because like of course it's just all a matter of sort of opinion or speculation but I, I feel like a lot of people just sort of buy into what someone says just because they're qualified I understand that of course they're qualified they're well informed they're they're educated on 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 the subject matter you know their opinions are much more they're they're more qualified to make opinions and sort of speculate on these sort of things which is true but it doesn't mean that they're right. It doesn't. It doesn't mean that I'm right. I'm not qualified at all. Forget about what every. Forget about everything I have to say about the matter. Just you yourself. You know, I'm just telling you. Like you know, when someone says something, just you know, just think about it a little bit. You know, just just give it a think. Yeah, give it a think. Now, the other thing that I'd like to talk about is. 
when someone tells you that Iga Świątek is the greatest player, greatest women's player we've seen in a while, historic, generational, uh, um, I think I, you know, what you could do is you can you can be like Safe, your good friend Safe here, and engage in an exercise where you sort of review, um, sort of trends or sequences or just like just sort of look at the facts and and see what's what's good and 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 really see what it's all about you know where, where you can make your own assessment is Iga Świątek truly that great and you know if you turn on the tv and watch an Iga Świątek match they'll not talk about the other player at all I understand that the score is probably six love six one Iga but I mean that's that's really cool and all, but like, anyway, listen, listen, listen. It's okay if you don't want to do that exercise. I did it for you. I'll do it for you and I'll talk you through it. I'll I'll hit you. I'll I'll lay it down for you. Okay, I'll give you the facts. I'll present it to you, and then you just have a think. It's not that I'm right, but here is my opinion. Here are my thoughts. And listen, I'm not qualified at all. I don't know what I'm talking about at all. I have no idea what I'm talking about whatsoever. Okay, but I mean, you know, just like whoever else, I also have an uh, opinion. I have my own thoughts that I formulated myself. And you, you can, you know, listen to what I have to say and question everything I have to say. For sure. I'm happy with that. Okay, so here we go. So, of course, last season was Iga's year. It was... You know, that's when she really rose to prominence. Uh, of course, became world number one. Won like 35 or 38 matches in a row. Something like that. Ripped like five or six titles in a row. Or like six of seven titles. Uh, was just going insane. Right? Now, this is what I was saying last year. Like, like as it was happening, like... Like, as she was winning all these matches and just tearing every single player up and winning tournament after tournament after tournament, at that time... And look, Twitter is amazing. Like, you can just go on Twitter and, 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 and see all of these things for yourself. On the search bar, you can just type, uh, at SafeSmacks, and then Iga Świątek, or Iga, or Świątek, or whatever... And then you'll find all my tweets referencing whatever, like, the keywords you put in there. You can, you can find everything. Three years, I think, I've been on Twitter. So many good tweets. Just search any player and you'll see everything. But anyway, during that time where, you know, like, Ego was just absolutely dominating. As that was going on, I was saying, wow. How Ego is, how lucky is Ego Świątek? That nobody on the tour is playing well. Oh, come on, say if you're just a hater, they're not playing well because she's just dominating. Blah blah blah. I'm like, oh, I don't know about that. My rebuttal, I I responded to that is, well, no. I mean, just look at who, like, look at her main competitors every tournament: Maria Sakari, Paula Bedosa, Coco Golf, and Unstabur. Those were her main competitors. I mean, of course, of course she dominated. No one was playing well. Sabalenka had her worst season as a pro. 
Barbora was just returning from injury and was garbage. Ostapenko was completely out of form. Belinda Bencic was completely out of form. Rybakina was playing really bad. A lot of these players were playing really bad. Even fucking Kaya Mukova was, was injured. Iga Svantec's main competitors were Maria Sakkari, Paula Bedosa, Instabur, Coco Goff. Even Annette Contivate, who was on a tear, fell off a cliff. Ostapenko fell off a cliff. And on came Iga. She just turned it the fuck on. I mean, out of those handful players that I mentioned, who who didn't fall off and were playing reasonably uh, good tennis, or just you know they were playing well in, in regard of you know to their own standards and their own levels. Uh, Jesse Pagula, Maria Sakri, Paula Bedosa, Coco Goff, they had great seasons last year. I mean, Coco Goff made the French Open fucking final. Iga Svantec got to play Coco Goff at the French Open fucking final. I mean, that's that's how easy it was for her. And of course, I understand you're going to say, well, uh, it's I mean, like, you just got to beat what's in front of you. Like, like, how can you say she's bad or she's lucky for, you know what I'm like? That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying it's very fortunate of her. It's very fortunate that these were her, her main competitors. Like if you're if you're like I'm not saying Iga's bad. Like of course she's good, she's great, she dominates, she's extremely athletic, she's smart, she can she's a hell of a fucking tennis player, of course. But is she the fucking greatest on tour? No. Generational? Of course not. Of course not. And tournament after tournament, I was just pulling my hair, talking about, wow, she is so fortunate that, I mean, nobody was playing well. And and a lot of the Eganators, or just haters in general, would just say, oh, you're so full of shit, you know, you're really just hating, you can't appreciate greatness, you know, all that just, like, sort of typical fucking blabber, like, you know, like, no substance to it. Like... Don't tell me I'm wrong. Like, like, tell me why I'm wrong. Show me how I'm wrong. You know what I'm saying? I was saying that for the longest. She is like, like everyone. Kvitova was playing bad. Muguruza fucking fell off a massive cliff. Kontovate was on fire and fell off a massive cliff. Sabalenka worst season ever. Where was Belinda Bencic? Like a lot of players were injured or just really, really, really out of form. And if you notice, if you look at the calendar, her shit started in, uh, it was like Doha, and then she won Doha, which was a 1,000 last year. And then Indian Wells, Miami. And then that's, that's three 1,000s in a row. And then Stuttgart. And then Rome. And then the French. In Doha, I think she played Kontovate or Ostapenko in the final. They just died. They just completely, completely dropped fucking dead they just completely died and that's when it started she went to indian wells or miami she played sakari and one final and i washed up part-time naomi osaka come on the fact that sakari even made a final just tells you the state of the tour if a part-time player washed up like naomi osaka makes a final that tells you everything you know about the tour nobody is playing well 
And then Stuttgart, of course, yeah, she beat Sablenk in the final. Standard on clay, dominating. Who'd she play in the final? Coco Golf. Hmm. Like who'd she beat in the semis or quarter? Unstjabor. Those were her main competitors. Coco Golf, Pagula, Bedosa, Sakari. <laughs> and then she went to Wimbledon, uh, by the way, lost to Alize Cornet. In the US Open, she trailed. She should have lost three matches in a row. But she actually won them. But those three matches, she should have lost them. Julie Nemo up a set, playing great. And then Nemo just uh, fucking threw up all over herself. Jesse Pagula's next match, same thing. Sabalenka had a horrible year. Played the best set of the entire season. And the first set against Ego was up 6-3. Lost the second. Came back in the decider up 4-2 in the deciding set and lost 4-6. Threw up all over herself. Jessica Gula threw up all over herself. Big Julie Nemo. Big Julie fucking Niemeyer threw up all over herself. And of course she was going to beat Ons Jabor in the final. I mean, it's Ons Jabor. Come on, be serious. It's Ons Jabor. Come on. Those those are her players. And Sablanka, by the way, beat her at the Dovite finals. What's good? Now, let's compare it to this season when her main competitors are no longer Sakari, Badosa, Pagula, Jabur, Coco Goff, Kudrometova. When her main competitors are Sabalenka, Rabakina, Krijikova, and they're all playing well. Ostapenko, Kvitova, they're all playing well. This is what fucking happens when her opponents are not playing like shit and when they're not fucking Coco Goff and Pagula and, and, and Sakri and Bedosa, of course she's gonna beat those players. Out of those players, of course she's the best. She's the greatest fucking tennis player ever compared to those players. Of course. But what I'm saying when I tell you like Kontavate was on fire. Uh, Ostapenko was on fire last year early. Muguruta was on fire. Daniel Collins. And they all just fucking died. They, they completely just dropped their levels extremely. And then they were left with a handful of players. The Rats. Of course, Iga is going to dominate them and win a million titles. Of course. Of, of fucking course. This year, Iga Svantec, I believe she only has one title, which was Doha. You want to know who were the quarterfinals there? Her best friends. And Doha, these, 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 oh my god. Igor Shontek beat Jesse Pagula in the final. The semi finalists were Kudermetova and Sakari, ha ha ha. And then uh, quarter finalists, Bencic, Coco Goff, Caro Garcia, Behadad Maya. They're all fucking scrubs and dirty rats. Of course, Iga's winning this. Belinda Bencic just came from winning Abu Dhabi, uh, the Abu Dhabi title just the previous week and was dead tired. The other six players that weren't Bencic or Iga in the quarterfinals, Coco Goff, Caro Garcia, Bihdad Maya, Kudrmetova, Sakari Pagula. That that is Iga's crowd. That is who she beats. 
Of course she wins the title. That's her only title this year. Yeah, she won Stuttgart, but that's that's just, I guess, whatever. Whatever. She beat Sabalenka in the final there. Whatever. Okay. She won a title. She won Stuttgart. Okay. Aussie Open lost to Rybakina. Dubai lost to Krijikova in the final. Last year in the Ostrava final. Last year was Iga's year, by the way. Last year, Krijikova was... She didn't play until the French Open, which was which is like now in May. And even then, she was bad. Took some months to sort of get going. I believe Ostrava is in like September or October or something like that. Um, and Krijikova fucking beat her. Dubai final, Krijikova beat her. Forget what tournament it was. I think Indian Wells. Rabakana beat her. What else? What else? And then, of course, she withdrew Miami because she's scared. Once the going gets tough and she knows the draw is kind of sus, she's out. Just last week in Rome against Rubakino, I'm out. Peace. She's 0-3 against Rubakino this year, 1-4 all-time. Ostapenko is 3-0 against her. Yeah, her head-to-head -head is favorable against Sabalenka, but I mean... Shall we talk about the Madrid final or no? Yeah, Sabalenka beat her. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. Sabalenka, Rabakina, Krejikovo. They own her. She's been ducking Ostapenko all year somehow. They last met last year in Dubai, which is, I think, like 14 or 15 months ago. I don't know, man. Last three matches, Sabalenka's 3-1 uh, against Ego. This year, Rabakina's 3-0. All time, Ostapenko's three and zero. Krejikova, I believe. Uh, someone fact check me on this, but two and zero. Yeah. Iga Świątek is not the best player on tour. She's world number one, but if there is some faith in this universe, that's not going to be case. That's not going to be the case for much longer. Iga Świątek, when it comes to the big babes and the big girls, she stands no chance. Really, when it comes to any player playing decent tennis that doesn't throw up all over themselves and then roll over and die? She's beatable. She's very beatable. And I always say this. There is only one. There is only one player who on their best day no matter who they're playing or where they're playing 
or how well their opponent their 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 how well their opponent is playing she's gonna win at sabalenko sabalenka at her absolute best versus anyone at their absolute best is a slaughter but you can't say the same for ego Iga at her absolute best. I told you the fabulous five. Coco Goff, Badosa, Sakari, Pagula, Jabour. Those are her bitches. That's her crowd. That was all last year. That was Doha this year. Those are that's those are her dogs. Sakari, Badosa, Pagula, Jabour, Coco Goff. Those those are shitty fucking players, man. How many player how many titles have those five players won this year? Fucking zero, man. How many did they won last year? Like two? Wait, sorry, Coco Golf won the, the Auckland 250 this year. A horrific, disgusting 250. Zachary has one title in her career. What the fuck is Paula Bedosa up to? Pagula has two titles. She won Guadalajara at the end of last year when the whole tour is sort of was sort of gearing up for Christmas and like DC like four years ago. Come on, man. Come on, talk to me. Serious. Those are those, those are her players. Krejikova, Sabalenka, Rabakina, Ostapenko, Muguruta, Daniel Collins in form. Not not her her weird stuff that we've been seeing lately. Oh my god, Iga stands no chance against them. Don't believe what I'm saying, but think about what I'm saying. Look at the evidence, look at the facts. Think about it. Go for a walk and then think about it again. Go to sleep, wake up, and then think about it a third time. <sighs> and exhale. Okay, now that that's off my chest. 38 minutes later. Those are the two things that I wanted to discuss. I think it's just something to think about. Don't listen to what I have to say, of course. That's sort of the theme of today's episode. Um, but just give it a think. And just question everything. Not only I have to say, but what everyone else has to say. What Tony Nadal has to say. What your dad has to say. What your neighbor has to say. Just sort of question everything and, and sort of reach conclusions on your own you know what i mean like you can consider other people's opinions or thoughts on the matter especially you know people who are more qualified than than me and yourself but don't just don't just like yeah they said it must be true that's it no 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 it's not like that it's, it's not like that at all really and that's important but anyway let's look at some tennis matches tomorrow and see what's good So this week, along with the French Open qualies, we have two 250s, uh, one in Rabat, which is the only title that Maria Sakkari has ever won, by the way. Uh, Shanti-ass 250 in Morocco on the clay, like 19 years ago, she won. I think like 2019 or 2017, her only title to date. And she had the nerve to go online on that show, Breakpoint, and say, I want to be world number one one day. She said that, not me. She said it. I swear to God she said it. Oh my God. 
Anyway, sorry. So Rabat, where Travisan is in the draw, she is the defending champion uh, from last year. And Strasbourg, also in France. Um, probably the better tournament uh, between the two in terms of uh, players in the draw, just the quality of players in the draw. I don't really recall who won it last year. I know Krejikova won the previous year, but I don't know about last year. Can someone help me out? Who is it? I have no idea. Anyway, um, so there are four matches in Strasbourg and four more than that in Rabat. I think eight. Yeah, eight matches tomorrow. In Rabat, grab her versus Buyukachai, who, by the way, beat Linda Fruvertova. The Fruvertova sisters, by the way, they ain't shit. Too small, too weak, sort of for the tour. They're they're ratty. They're a lot of fist pumping and and. Unnecessary commands. Katie Volley Nuts as well. The same thing. Like those like. I think that's like their peak. Like top 100. You know what I mean? But like it's. I, I don't really see them making any more inroads. Um, That's sort of their peak. I mean if you lack the power. And like you're small. It's going to be tough. Like, like Clara Burel knows all about it. She's super talented. Hell of a player. Uh, She's a bit bummy sometimes. But. Just smaller girls, it's a bit tough. Once you're sort of in the in the top 100 competing, you know, to to like compete at a high level and to go far in 250s, 500s, it's gonna be tough. Um, but these Frovertova sisters, I think that's the case. I mean, just watch Frovertova play against Ostapenko. Oh my God, they played twice this year. I think Frovertova won like three or four games in two matches. Maybe like six, but I mean, oof. Oof, oof, oof. Anyway, so this Buyukechecha, it's her, that was her first win ever on tour level. Or at least in like 20 years uh, on the WTA tour. And she beat Linda in the first round of Robot. She plays against Julia Grabber. Julia Grabber, honestly, at this sort of level, dangerous clay court player. She, she should probably win that one. Bronzetti versus Tatiana Murillo. Uh, Bronzetti played really well to beat Rebecca P uh, Patterson yesterday. I watched uh, a bit of that match. Braz Bronzetti not really playing well these days, but that's a good win for her. And I think she can sort of play with Tatiana Murillo. For sure. I believe Bronzetti made a decent run last year also in this same tournament. So definitely like Bronzetti here. Yana Fett, no stranger to this level, but she's been sort of been away from the tour, or at least away from from the the main draws on the WTA tour for quite some time. But she's up against the defending champion Martina Trevisan, and I think she's going to lose that one. Tatiana Babos, who's a pretty finished, washed-up singles player, mostly just plays doubles now against Sloane Stevens. Not a lot of people uh, will probably 
be sort of privy to this or be aware of this, but S Sloane Stevens, clay is her best surface. Like, by far, she's a proper bum on hard courts, but seems to play well on the clay. Uh, decent results last year in the French Open, and, you know, she, like, wins some matches on clay. I feel like she never wins on hard courts, so, yeah, yeah. Jean Jean versus Putin Seva. Uh, should be good for Putin Seva. Honestly, I think Putin Seva might be the best player in the draw. Is Trevisan better than Putin Seva? I don't know, man. Trevisan low key is a. I mean, she's a. She's a fighter, man. Like, she grinds hard. And so does Putin Seva in a way, but uh, Trevisan is much more sort of. Uh, a believer much more positive on court which i think really does help her rally and, and help her like you know get across the line in a lot of her matches uh but putin save no doubt probably the most talented player in this draw for sure camila rakimova sneaky good player at this level versus alicia parks who seems to be a dreadful clay court player dare i say alicia parks might be a dreadful tennis player she just needs to sort herself out her attitude is so poor her her body language is so so poor worse than putin Seva. and people who behave like that like like simona halep can can get away with with that sort of behavior and attitude vika like girls who sort of girls who have sort of earned it on tour who like been there done that kind of girls but Alicia Parks, with with all due respect, like, who are you to be acting up like this on court? You know what I mean? Like, mm. Rachimova, I think Rachimova wins. For sure. I think she'll just be too tricky and too tough for Alicia Parks, and she'll just drive her mad. Yeah. Rachimova's tough. Very tough. Mayra Sharif versus, uh, honestly, a girl, Riera, who... Beat Kiki Mladenovic in the first round. This girl, Riera, honestly, never heard of her before. Never seen her play. But against Kiki Mladenovic, honestly, really good. Beat her 6-3, 6-love. And honestly played, like, really like really good tennis. She, she sort of felt up for it. Mayan Sharif, uh, this is her best surface. Arab girl playing in the Arab world. Mm, I think it's unfortunate for Riera. I think there are a lot of beatable players and especially as an underdog you'd like your chances against a lot of the girls in this draw but i think Mayer sharif no tough one i think peyton stearns is it even an upset if she beats layla fernandez probably not i think that's the move layla fernandez ain't shit Now, in, in, that was Rabat. In Strasbourg, only four matches. Victoria Tomova versus Lauren Davis. Honestly, for this level, that's a banger of a match. For this level. Um, I really, really like Tomova. Her self-belief is so high, and uh, she plays pretty hard. And Same can be said for Lauren Davis. I think she's gritty. She fights. She doesn't really tank. Uh, you sort of have to beat her if you're good enough. Um, but Tomova can go to war. And honestly, if, if that's the case, then I think uh, 
I think she'll be too much for Lauren Davis. Tomova can like really, really grind it out on the clay. Uh, this is a, a very good match. I think over is a great bet, actually. Uh, for sure. Magda Lynette versus Pavlichenkova. I have no thoughts or leans on this match. Um, that's a decent match for this level. Pavlichenkova slowly getting back into the into the sort of into the rhythm of being a, a tour level player once again. Um, I think her current ranking is in the four hundreds. Um, but obviously a lot of wild cards, a lot of protected rankings, etc. Um, but I think this Magdalenette might be just too much for Pavlichenkova in the regard that she's just so resilient and she'll just play every single point. Um, Pavlichenkova, only way she can win is that if she's really, really good. But I just don't see it at all. I think Lynette in straights. Aaron, Aaron Rutliff, a decent, accomplished doubles player playing against uh, Lina Svitolina. <sighs> Lina Svitolina is just such proper garbage as well. Another player trying to sort of make her comeback to the tour. Um, but I think Aaron Rutliff just might be too easy. Too easy, I think, for Svitolina. But definitely won't bet or watch. Vivi Grasheva versus Selena Janicevic. Uh, that's that's an easy one for Vivi Grasheva. Vivi Grasheva kind of struggled uh, in her first match against a, a Chinese player, absolute no name. Bai Zhao Bai uh, went to three sets and she had to win it in a tiebreak in the third against a no name. Oh, uh, this this Selena girl, Jenny, she's not bad, but she's definitely like an ITF player. But she has very good results on the clay, and she's French, so maybe, I don't know, tough. Would be quite the upset. Wouldn't count on it, but I wouldn't rule it out either. Okay, okay. Now, onto the French Open qualities. There are a lot of matches where I'm sort of going to pick a few to talk about or ones that are more significant okay so starting with Emil Emiliana Arango versus Mira Andriva Mira Andriva of course in uh, Madrid had some incredible results she's the younger of the two Andriva sisters if you didn't know that there are two different Andriva sisters then you probably shouldn't be here honestly um Andriva is she like that? I would love to see her in the main draw, make another push. I believe she will win today. Uh, tough draw for Arango, but yeah, this might prove to be too easy in the end for Andriva. But I feel sorry for Arango because I think she's a decent clay court player and would have probably beaten a lot of the girls in this draw. Uh, Elena Avanesian versus Leslie Patinama Kirkov. Leslie Patinama Kirkov, veteran of the tour, veteran of the clay, uh, been in a lot of Grand Slam main draws, qualified for a lot of tournaments. Haven't seen much of her lately either. Um, I don't know what the lines for these are, but I assume that Avanesian will be the favorite. Um, 
But really, this is a 50-50. It could go either way. Um, Elena, Ele, Elena, Ellie, Elizabeth Mandlik plays against Rodionovo. Should be good for Mandlik. Decent clay results for her so far, playing the 125Ks. Um, should probably win that one. Um, Maria Camilla Osorio Serrano is in the draw. She has a very easy match here in the second round. Um, Yue Yuan is in the draw. Uh, the Chinese girl. Love that girl. So good. Sara Bezilek is in the draw. Uh, Carol Zhao, that's an easy one. Yue Yuan has Mai Hontama. I think that's an easy one on the clay. Um, who else? Brenda. Fruvitova, the 16-year-old, versus Von Deichmann. That's a tough one, I'd say, for Brenda, but she would probably win. Elsa Jacquemo versus Harriet Dart. That's a decent match for, for qualies here. Uh, Elena Gabriela Roos versus Greet Minin. That's that's like a two that's a like a two fifty quarter final, no? Wow. Sasha Vickery versus Diana Yastremska, okay. That's not bad. Um, Storm Hunter. I love Storm Hunter. So good. So underrated. Ashlyn Kruger versus Katie Bolter. Love Ashlyn Kruger there. Love Storm Hunter to beat Ma Mona Barthel. Um, Chualinska. Maya Chualinska, the Polish girl, against Timo Fivo. I love Chualinska there. Um, Chloe Paquet versus Bolsova. It's going to have to be a Bolsova, I think. Kaya Yuvan, the return of Kaya Yuvan versus Taylor Townsend. Very tough match for Kaya Yuvan. Um, but I think she's, she can grind it out. She, too, too, she's very fast. And, you know, she has a very, very well-rounded uh, all-court game. Uh Net play, drop shots, so I, I think that might be too much for Taylor Townsend if Kaya Yuvan is on her day. And then Erika Andriva, the older of the two Andriva sisters, versus Olivia Gadecki, decent match. Um, could Zakharova, Anastasia Zakharova, could she upset Tamara Zidancic? I think yes. Um, Herzog versus Bjorklund, wow. Love Herzog. World number 981 at the moment, but love, love, love Herzog. Um, Marchenko, again, one of these young players, uh, child prodigies versus Clara Towson. A very tough draw for her. I think it would be very impressive if she comes through, but I think it's possible. That's a 50-50 for sure. Yanina Wickmayer versus Olga Danilovic. Olga Danilovic, bro, so bad. So, so bad. Um, her, Ivalice, Paula Bedosa, some of the worst players I've ever seen. They're just hot, they're cute, they're sexy, they're, you know, they wear the, the, the nice Nike kits, they're, they're, they're so hot, sure, but they're so bad, man, they're so bad. Oh my god. Whenever I see Olga Danilovic play a match, I'm betting her opponents. Reasonable odds, of course. If they're an underdog, I don't care what it is. I'm betting them. So, yeah. That is that. That is that for tomorrow. 
um tomorrow we'll be back um i know i said we're gonna do like a recap of the like year so far a proper recap uh tournament by tournament talk about the results and, and title winners of this year and like all the storylines we're gonna be doing that tomorrow and um tomorrow also we can sort of maybe recap some tennis matches uh from the ones that like we've just covered so far and then once again talk about the next day's matches okay i'm very glad to be back hopefully we can uh we can do this every day together uh for sure similar time um for the uploads which will be like 7 p.m in the evenings uh eastern time in the u.s uh midnight uk so yeah 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 this has been the safe space thank you so much for listening and as always best of luck to us and i'll see you guys tomorrow